Welcome to the Transformation Church Weekly Follow-Up Podcast. Our goal is to help create context and drive conversation to learn more of what God has for us. Now, let's join our team as we get to follow up, break down, and gain deeper insight into this week's message. Hey guys, welcome back to the Transformation Church Weekly Follow-Up Podcast. I'm Justin Oswald, the Executive Pastor of Transformation Church. With me back today, Lead Pastor Brad Livingston. Hey guys, good to be back. Another week, another sermon, another follow-up podcast. And uh, man, coming off a, a good weekend, another one. I know we say that all the time, but every weekend is a good weekend here. At another TCU. one. So, <laughs> and another one. That's the sound effects we're going to use. We're going to get it. Gonna- uh, so... Nonetheless, good weekend, and um, Pastor Dan preached this past weekend. OG. OG, the legend, um, was preaching this past weekend. It was good to have him, and you know it's always good to to have Pastor Dan uh, in the pulpit. And so... You always come out just feeling inspired. Like, I wanted to do, like, something sensational after Sunday. Like, <laughs> I'm going to climb a mountain. Never done it before, but I'm going to do right, it. Right, 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 right. I have no training for this, but... <laughs> But I'm gonna do it. Um, <laughs> sorry, guys. Some crazy stuff going on in our studio. An animal just crawled across the floor. So um, shut the door, John. He's <laughs> not so, as limber as he used to be. Uh, but before we get into all the details from this past weekend, uh, we got Eli obviously on the podcast. Tell him what's up, Eli. What where, up? Where can they find you? Some sort uh, of weird handle on your Instagram or something. It is Eli underscore Fitch fifteen. Oh boy! For my birthday, in case you need to ask once again, Pastor Justin. <laughs> well, not the year I graduated. So That's close. Anyways. Yes good time so yeah we're uh we're excited to be back with you guys for another week uh in and one of the conversations for those of you that watch us live now a lot of you guys listen to the podcast later on this doesn't affect you much for those of you that watch live we're actually looking into the possibility of moving our time around a little bit that's a yeah, possibility possibly. that we're talking about so uh for those of you guys that are on your way to work maybe we can catch you a little earlier but nonetheless um we'll get you'll you'll know more about that in the days and weeks to come, but uh, Pastor Dan brought a great message on a legacy this past Sunday. So as we start breaking into legacy, Pastor Dan talked about a couple people, but I wanted to ask you guys uh, on the podcast, who are some of the people that have created the most amount of impact in your life? Mm. Good question. Mm. I think it varies depending on season. You know, where I was, you know, that type yeah. of thing. Um, you know, I always think I always think of someone that comes to mind um is Ken Cook, you know, um older older gentleman. He is a pastor, but it really wasn't um his pastoral leadership that impacted it was when I started in the work world at, as a senior in high school and you know, he <clears throat> he took me under his wing and showed me all kind of stuff and you know he was he was discipling me without the word, mm-hmm. right? You know, we were in work, not in like a, a it wasn't a church or a small group or anything like that. But um, that was kind of he taught me about character, especially in the industry we were in sales. You know, there's a lot of negative. You know, people think salesmen they kind of think you know trying mm-hmm. to rip people mm-hmm. off and all that. But he he taught what what character was, and you know yeah. he didn't you, ever used the word really. It was just about. He always used in the context of like word of mouth is important, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. So, so in order to, ha- you know, it's yeah, like yeah, a, yeah. if this then that type of thing. But it was like it was about character and, you know, your your word your word being something that you can stand on. And you know, if you say you're going to do something, you do it, and you know that type mm-hmm. of thing. So it was pretty impactful. Yeah. Um, and then he is uh, he he was not a, a pastor at that time. He is a pastor has been now for twelve or fifteen years and um, older older gentleman. But yeah, Ken was cool. Dope. Cool, cool. Eli, anybody for you? Yeah, I think growing up, one person that left a huge, just still leaving a really big impact on my life is uh, my brother Aaron, actually. We spent a lot of time together while I was growing up. Um, I think I'm pretty much the person I am now today because of Aaron. Like, he kind of molded me and showed me like what to be like as a man growing up and now more recently um i'd say everyone on staff i kind of look up to in a specific way even like 
Jawan, especially John, um, for about a year now, John has been discipling me and kind of, um, like molding me, I guess, uh, in my, you know, in my faith. Yeah. This new journey. Right on. That I'm taking. Yeah. That's good. That's good. Yeah. I, uh, you know, Pastor Dan, that's a, that's kind of a given for me. You know, my mm-hmm. dad was, uh, my dad was incredible. Um, he taught me a lot, you know, obviously he was a pastor. So once I knew I was going to become a pastor, um, like, yeah, obviously it <laughs> was a pretty direct resource and connection. Um, I mean, he taught me things about leadership that I didn't even know he was teaching me until I started using them and was like, <laughs> you know, I feel, like he, yeah, I feel like he like Miyagi me through half of my <laughs> life. You know what I mean? Like wax on wax off. And then it was like, and that's, wait a second, but that's the thing about it. Like that, that is the thing about it. You know, it came up at our small group Sunday night. I don't remember exactly what we were talking about, like when we were doing the questions and mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. But it was like, I think they were talking about, actually, I think Charity mentioned, but something about Karen's story and the transition that yeah. Karen did. I think you the know? question was something about like someone that you've never met, well, but they left a legacy. Yeah, something like something that. Something like yeah. that. And Char- Charity just actually. referenced Karen's transition, Karen talking about her, gran- her grandmother. And, you know, and I said something along the lines of like, the cool thing about that that story is like that that woman was not doing that for anyone else. Like mm-hmm. she she wasn't doing it with the hopes of getting something later. She she was just yeah. being who she was, right? So, yeah. and I think like that goes back to what you just said. Talking about, I mean, he's your dad, and you know, you started picking up things once you knew you felt the call to be a pastor. But you know, at some point, like Ken, Ken wasn't necessarily trying to teach me anything. He was just trying to teach me, like, this is what we do for a living. This is how you do good at it. Yeah. You know, but because he was a man of character and all those things, it just translated into what he was teaching me. Right. You know, like, he was a, he was a good person. He did have character. He, he had values and, Mm -hmm. and ethics and, and all these things, you know, so it's just who he was. Um, But I think it's kind of similar to that, you know, and it's like, yeah, you know, I think of, I think of like, I didn't mention my dad. But my, my dad taught me way, he taught us how to be almost street smart mm-hmm, in, in, yeah. a, in a sense, for lack of a better word. I don't really know a different word, but he just like taught us stuff. Like I was prepared for the world when I graduated high school. <laughs> right, right, you know? right. Thanks yeah. to my dad. Yeah. Most people aren't. Most kids aren't. Yeah. Um, Facts. Yeah, I, I was, I was, I was, and when I say prepared for, like, I was, pre- I was prepared to, to do like normal stuff. Like yeah. this is how you deal right. with your bank account and the checkbook, and here's how you know, like. Yeah. Real world, world, not stuff that our schools real, teach us. Real world, wow, that is, that's a doozy. <laughs> not stuff that our schools teach us or anything. Not, no, not yeah. at all. At least you knew how to solve for cosine and tangent. Thank God I knew the mitochondrion was the powerhouse <laughs> of the freaking cell. <laughs> yeah, right. That's going to take me far. Can't, can't balance a checkbook, but at yeah. least I know how to solve for X and find the slope, geometry, whatever. Yeah. And people can't even do that. We had that. Thanks, on public our, school system. We had that on our uh, Instagram and Facebook that post the other day. Oh, with yeah. The, oh, with my. the algebra problem. You know? Even Guys. people using the, the, the acronym. PEMDAS. To, to, they were doing PEMDAS wrong. They were still getting it wrong. They were still getting it wrong. The yeah, me and Ashley had a conversation about it because she got it wrong. The answer was 16. I was, while I was scheduling that, I almost wanted to push that post up. I was, I, I just couldn't wait for the, God. for the tension in the comments. It was a good time. It was a good time. But no, yeah. nonetheless. So, um, but yeah, I think some people leave a legacy. I, I think, I think that there are people who <clears throat> want to be intentional about that. Like, especially when you start talking about it, like, how do you want to be remembered? Yeah, but I think if you think back through through time, most people it probably wasn't on their they were bu- they were busy either if it's business or you talking about great pastors and Christian leaders or whatever. So like they were just doing what they were doing, mm-hmm. and it left a legacy. Yeah, no, no, right? <laughs> right? No I mean, do, what do y'all think? I mean, yeah, I mean, I think that you know, Pastor Dan, um, we know when we were growing up. I mean, he he. Yeah, I think there's like a turning point, right? Where, um, it's, especially when it comes to parents. Uh, or maybe even siblings, like, you mm-hmm. know, where you go from, for example, my dad was raising a young man to be a man up until I, you know, my teenage years. And then, then, then there was a shift where it's like, okay, ministry is my future. And then he started teaching me stuff from a leadership and ministry context that was totally different, you know. Now, maybe that's the time frame that most people start looking for 
people to lead them outside. You know what I mean? That's probably about the time Ken, Ken stepped in your life, you know, right. that 17 mm-hmm. range. You yeah, know? Yeah, so, yeah. so whereas that was a time frame where a lot of people would start to receive from someone else, my dad just continued that process. And, and that was really where he turned, I mean, and it wasn't until, honestly, it wasn't until about 25, I think, 25 or 26 Somewhere in there, it wasn't until I started having leadership conversations with other people that I realized other people didn't know this stuff. <laughs> I mean, for real, the re- one of the big reasons we started the leadership <laughs> pipeline was I was like, wait, everybody don't know this? Like, <laughs> <laughs> like you yeah. know, like ideas of margin and leadership principles yeah. and, you know, sigmoid's curve and stuff like that. Like, uh, everybody don't know this. Like they, they don't know. It really was a testament to Pastor Dan's leadership. I sat down with a young man last week who was at our church for quite a while and ended up, you know, uh, he's since been under a different leadership. And it's one of those things where we, we both acknowledge at the table, like we didn't understand, realize, and in many cases appreciate the leadership that we got from pastor until we sat under different leadership and was like, Oh, <laughs> so y'all ain't figured this out yet huh so it was real. it's like some of those experiences are are so helpful and they're clarifying because if we're all honest like all of us take our leadership the people that lead us for granted like Mm -hmm. when you're used to it you know it's not till you get around someone else that's not doing that that you're like oh snap like this is yeah you know this is not everybody doesn't get this all the time and um so it's just just super helpful you know um but it is you know that's so pastor dan really helped clarify some of those things uh, and bring leadership and and pastoring into and shepherding into my life and teach me things for in regards to how to lead and how to t- and really how to love people <clears throat> i think pastor dan loves people better than anyone else he's got a heart for people um you know he thinks people first uh some oftentimes like he'll completely forget about policy or mm-hmm. <laughs> like like you know systems or how we you know like just to you know um and so he he really helped and he continues to do that even to this day we were joking about it the other day like pastor dan's leadership style now is almost kind of like he'll swoop in and drop a random bomb on you of leadership like just kind of <laughs> haphazardly you know what i mean he's like oh by the way xyz and it's like some epiphany it's like oh i never would have saw that like never would have saw that yeah. <laughs> and he sees it you know so um but that's what 50 years in ministry gets you and that's yeah. what being trained you know i mean i think i think back to when he was starting his ministry so when he was your age you know um it was him pastor sam who's at the pastor circle christ church in the bronx um and then three or four other guys pastor rosalie who was a pastor in puerto rico for forever and like all these people man that are like there were some genuine like gospel-centered world changers all of them were on staff at one church at one time and i'm just like okay (laughs) you know like that's ridiculous um but he has a lot of wisdom so that was super helpful so he was obviously he was instrumental in kind of molding and shaping me um you know, so he's, he's been a big portion of that. And then man, one of the people that I don't know that I talk about a lot, I probably should talk about more. Um, his name is Paul, not the apostle Paul, uh, but, (laughs) um, but in my name, Paul, man, um, I worked with Paul Garcia in a couple of different environments in the music world and stuff like that. And man, Paul was so instrumental number one he was the catalyst for my theological shift um so paul is uh he's catholic but that boy's pentecostal like you can't fool me you know like (laughs) so uh we call him a catholic hostel uh where where we used to come from um and because he was like he goes to catholic he goes to math or mass he goes to you know all the catholic events and he's real close to um the Catholic church and stuff like that. But I mean, dude is like spirit filled, like 
you know. There is a charismatic movement in the Catholic Church. There, there is. Yeah. And he, he's been like this forever. And I, I remember working, man. And so, so to kind of give context to what I was talking about, you know, growing up in the charismatic Pentecostal churches, right? Like, you, we don't smoke, we don't drink, we don't chew, we don't hang with those that do. Like, that mm-hmm. whole thing. Like, you know, like, if you say a cuss word, you better repent before the rapture or, like, mm-hmm. ices are getting rolled on your eternity or whatever. Like, so. Um, Good theologically sound It's stuff. Yeah, it sounds very <laughs> secure in your foundational <laughs> beliefs. Uh, join the pipeline next year if you want more answers on that. <laughs> but what I will say, <laughs> Eli, don't huff and puff at me right now. Eli's in the pipeline, guys, year one, and he's he's loving every minute he's of loving it. every second of it. He's really, no, uh, he he is. It's I, just a lot. It's yeah, yeah. When you get done with this year, you're going to be so proud of where God takes you. But anyways, um, so I remember sitting with Paul, and Paul would be known to rattle off a word every now and then or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. Um, and I remember thinking to myself, like he would talk about the Lord, but I remember thinking to myself like, man, I really feel like I need to talk to him about a couple of things because like the way I grew up, mm-hmm. it was like, that's not what Christians do, you know? And so I was like, man, I feel like I need to, feel like I need to talk to him a little bit, you know? <laughs> and so, um, I was just wrestling with it, wrestling with it, wrestling with it. And then I feel like God, like in my spirit was like, I want you just to watch him for a little while. Just observe how he handles himself. And I was like, so I I took about a week and I was just observing, observing Paul, you know, just like watching him. And man, people would come in because he had been in the music scene in Pensacola for a long time, not just in sales. Like he played like him and his family were musicians. They were like musicians, musicians. They were incredible. Like they're, they were incredibly talented. And, uh, so everybody knows him, everybody knows who he is. And so, um, so I started just observing and just watching and man, people would come in. And, uh, I remember one time we had like five people on the sales floor. We were super busy. Guy comes in, he's still like, he, he's not hung over from the night before. He's still drunk from the night before. Uh, <laughs> and so he comes in and Paul sits down with him and he just starts talking to him. And Paul is not concerned about these other five people on the sales floor that want to buy like an adapter for their headphones or whatever. And, uh, he just talks to him and sits out at his desk and he goes, man, you, you know, there's this emptiness you're still trying to fill in your life. There's only one thing that can fill it and that's God. And, and he just starts like giving this dude the gospel, like <laughs> at his desk in the middle of the sales floor with eight other people around. That's incredible. And I'm just like blown away and he did it, but he also does it in like a very Durban esque, like yeah. just lo- like hope and grace filled conversation mm-hmm. about how much God loves this person and, and wants to be everything to them. And, and uh, introduces that person to the Lord at his desk. <laughs> like It just blew my mind. And I remember right then God spoke to me and it was like, I'm not worried about him saying the A word. He's more of a Christian than half the people you sat in pews next to your whole life. And I was like, that was a moment of like, you know, that he just like. Plus the A words in the Bible. What's that? The A words in the Bible. Well, okay. depends well, on what translation. King James, the pure one. <laughs> do not stop. With, stop do it. not start stop with Stop me. it. <laughs> but it's always it's always the King James purist that will say that one of you know. The, yeah, well, that's the A words in the Bible. So, uh, but that really like wrecked my <laughs> theology. And then from that point forward, um, Paul started teaching me stuff about sales. He started teaching me about music. He introduced me to a lot of people that were that are big names in music and those people taught me a lot about music famous producers and just things like that that um man he really just he did a lot for me and i don't even think he realizes it like <laughs> how much he's spoken to my life like how Probably much not. he did um even though i've tried to tell him before I- even in humility he's like ah like, <laughs> like you know he and i'm just like man I, I just appreciate him so much so he taught me a lot um taught me a lot man and 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 a relatively short amount of time. So, but I've always noticed, you know, there's one thing about Paul is just, it even goes back to my, my rant on the real talk podcast, you know, um, he's so centered. It's like, it doesn't matter how crazy things get. I mean, I've watched him transfer jobs. I've watched him find out he's got six weeks left at a job and got to find a new one. I mean, I've, I've watched all those things and he's like, be all right, man. Everything's <laughs> going to be okay. Like God's got me. I'm not worried about this. If I'm not here tomorrow, then I'll be somewhere else the next day. Like right. he's just so like unbothered by things, mm-hmm. and I think there's a lot. Uh, I think he is one of the 
you know, people tell me I'm like that. And I think he's one of the people that I get that from the most yeah. of being just unbothered by stuff. Like I, number one is my mom's personality, but watching, <laughs> watching someone like Paul navigate that genuinely and just be like, you know what, man, like God's never not had me. And I, you know, he's at the time was 58 or 60 or whatever. He's like, he's never not had me. And I don't think he's going to change that up now. So yeah. wherever I'm at tomorrow, the next day, if I got to be somewhere else, then he's going to give me what I need to be somewhere else. And I was like, that's all I'm trying to, that's all I'm trying to live my life, man. Unbothered. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's something I've been trying to, I don't want to say like master, but like, that's something that I've been trying to practice. It's just like, it is what it like. I know God's sovereign. I know like I have a plan. God is very um, intentional. Like, I'm here for a reason. Like I'm in this specific area of my life for a reason. If that's to change, then cool. Let's figure out what's next. Yep. Yeah. No, I mean, and that's the, that's the thing going back to, you know, pastor Dan preached on on Sunday. It's like leaving a legacy. And I think that's, that's where it starts. Like people that live their life in such a chaotic state, there's no way they can be living for tomorrow because they can't even just see past today. Yeah. You know, and it's like, and we really got to be, I, I feel like we got to be grounded better. I think mean, we got to be focused more. Um, and I think we just got to be a, a lot more peaceful and calm um, and just surrendered and trusting the Lord. Like God's got this, like mm-hmm. God's taking, I'm going to keep doing what I do. You know, I'm not going to sit on my couch and just wait for God to send me checks in the mail. That's not what I'm saying. Like, but <laughs> how do you get on that? List? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd, love, I'd love to know. Um, but I'm, so that's not what I'm saying. We do, we like, we work and we, we keep moving, but we keep moving in a state of surrender of saying, I'm going to do all I can, but it's really God that's going to make anything happen. It's not me making it happen. It's really him. And that state of surrender puts us in a great place um, so that we can start focusing on what we're, what through God we're building in regards to a legacy, not just leaving a memory, which is what Pastor Ann really talked about on yeah. Sunday, you know. Um, so, Justin, it comes from Psalm 112, 5 through 6. Now, it's a decent chunk uh, of text, but it, it says that good will come to those who are generous and lend freely and conduct their affairs with justice. And surely the righteous will never be shaken. They'll be remembered forever. And that's really like, that's the meat of what we're talking about. Um, And it talks about how that happens, right? And so um, they have no fear of bad news, going back to Paul, right? Mm -hmm. That unshakable peace, right? Right. They'll have no fear of bad news. Their hearts are steadfast, trusting in the Lord, right? Like Mm -hmm. going back to that, uh, their hearts are secure, and they will have no fear in the end. They will look and triumph on their foes. Again, like re- legacy. They have freely scattered their gifts to the poor. Their righteousness endures forever. And their horn will be lifted high in honor. Right? And, and that's what a legacy builder is. Is those things. Um, and so, even before we get into what Pastor Dan talked about, I think it's really referencing what we know to be true, which is, you know, legacy builders are peaceful people. Yeah. So if you're in a constant state of frenzy, you're probably not working on a legacy. Mm-hmm. Right. And so that ain't, that's Pastor Dan didn't say that, but I, I really felt like coming out of Psalm 112, that's what one thing that to realize it's like, man, if you don't, I think about, I think about other business leaders, some of the ones we connect with, how a lot of them like, man, I, I, I can't, I, I can't, I can't break away for an hour. And it's like, bruh, I understand there are times when you can't break away, like we've all been there. But if you live, in, if you live in a constant state of "I can't break away for an hour," like you live in frenzy, like yeah, you gotta, you got like there's a clock on that. Yeah, you you wear you yeah, you can't out, do that forever. Out. Yeah, no. yeah, you got so as as a and if you're doing that, you'll leave a memory of yourself. But there's no way you're building a legacy. You know, like you really have to be in a state of um, building up an environment and a culture and a pattern for yourself. That's not so chaotic all the time. I like that. I like the talk of legacy because I think it makes you think about two, two separate things. You know, obviously we talk about 
you know, the needs that we all have as humans to be part a part of something different, uh, something bigger than ourselves. Right? Yeah. We got to yep. be a part of something like that transcendent need, right? Yep. yep. You know, so when we talk about legacy as a church, obviously we're talking about connecting to that yeah, and providing opportunities to connect with that. Uh, but it also forces you to look at like your own legacy, right? Like, like, and I, he was kind of, you're, you're preaching two different things, but together yeah, in, in a sense. Um, but yeah, because some some of these people like, you know, we all know that someone that's the, the workaholic. Like you're talking about, kind of mm-hmm. maybe someone that a lot of times you see it's someone that owns a business. It's just a good example. I think it's a real life example. And we all can find that person. Um, but many times it's like, or, or let's put it into our context as a church. We've all met a pastor who is is the one that does it all. Yeah, you know, definitely. Uh, and, and you know, most most churches in America, you know, that eighty five. You know, it was the average size of the the, mm-hmm. the the average church, um, but you know, a lot of times those pastors are are everything. You know, yep. they they're they're yep. they do every bit, uh, and and that's yep. why uh, burnout is so high. Yeah, you know, and a lot of times it's it's I want to say it's the pastor's own fault. You know, not not raising up other leaders to help carry the load. Sure, uh, and and thinking you have to be the only one doing it all. Um, but at some point, when when you're gone. Then what? Even if you built something great, if it was built just on only what you're doing, the, yeah. the moment you're gone, does it does it crumble? You know, so it's 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 the memory versus legacy. You mm-hmm. know, it's like that's that's like from when I when I think of myself and what I want for myself in in terms of that, like I would rather give myself to something that's creating uh, systems and, and all this that people f- go through that is yeah. changing and impacting things. That's right. the legacy. Because yeah. if you do it yourself, it's really, it's, it's just, it's self-fulfilling really. Yeah. It's an ego thing, I think. And it's what we talked about in pipeline, you know, and I, you, I, I'm sure you'll remember this, but like, again, if you're the only person to ever do it, you'll be the only person to ever do it. But, yeah. <laughs> if like if you don't teach if you don't leave a legacy if you, in other words if you don't live outside of yourself and the current needs like i need to get this done yeah it's like well if you live in that state and you never take a step back to say i need to teach someone else how to get this done mm-hmm. you'll always be the person doing it and the minute you're no longer doing it it no longer gets done right and it's like that's what these business owners pastors and everyone has to understand mm-hmm. and just people in general like parents, yeah. like, yeah. like I am now there's a difference between you can't do something or you were never taught to do something. This is important. Right. So, um, my wife can cook some things. She just hates doing it. And I love cooking and therefore <laughs> I cook in our house. Yeah. It's all that to say we are coming from a generation of mothers who, unlike my wife who can do some things, she just chooses not to. There are a large group of some of the young ladies who, who there are things that even God calls women to do. So I'm not saying like a woman should be in the kitchen. That's not what I'm talking about. (laughs) So don't get it twisted. What I'm saying is there are things that women are called to do biblically that because they've not, they're not being taught it by their mother. Mm -hmm. They don't know how to do it. Now, I'll even take that and make that a male and female thing. There are things that men and women should just know how to do. balance a checkbook, even though we don't really do that in 2019 as much anymore. Like create a budget, um, like shake hands and look someone in the eye when you yeah. do it. Like things that really aren't that like, like they're not crazy. Um, they're just like common things. Like, I work with teenagers constantly when I'm telling them, like, if you're going to talk to me, you're going to look at me when you talk to me. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean it in a mean way. It's not like, look at me. But it's saying, like, look at the person when you're talking to them. Like, because right. when you go to an interview, that matters. Like, yeah. things that, I mean, I'm teaching 18-year-olds that I remember getting taught when I was 10. Yeah. So all that to say is it's like, man, if no one is teaching this next generation, whether it's how to cook or the importance of doing these things in the home, you know, from a a young man, young woman perspective, or if it's, um, you know, not teaching young men, some of the values they need to have. We talked about women, you know, mothers teaching women, but some fathers need to be teaching young men. Mm -hmm. Um, some of these important things about how to love their wife, the way that they like the way the Bible tells them they need to do that. You know, I love how people are always like, well, the Bible says that wives should submit to their husbands. It's like, it also says that men should lay their wives lives down for their wives. Like, <laughs> so don't get it twisted. You yeah, know, that, that, that <laughs> submit to your husbands. 
Then there's re- the sentence is not finished. Right, right, right. Then Just it as say, Christ loved the church. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> that, yeah, and that man, as, as, not as he gave his life for right, it, right? right? Like, yeah. But all that to say is, it's like we're we have a there's a a thing where parents or leaders aren't we're not teaching anyone anything, you know. Now internships and apprenticeships have also disappeared in this day and age and some of those things like instant gratification and all that mm-hmm. stuff. But all right. So question R- wrenching the gears here. Okay. Okay. When we talk about legacy, this is not to impugn anything we did Sunday. Right. The question that just kind of pops in my head is like, cause what you're saying, what, what is true legacy? Is it about building something even if that's a church or is true legacy imparting to those coming behind us that we lead, whether it's your kids or kid, you know, kids in the church, it's, you know, is, um, you know, Sagan and Lydia who lead in our right. you know, kids churches in preschool and elementary, um, is what they're doing more important than say what, what I'm doing now, obviously they're different, right. you know, but they're directly involved with speaking into kids mm-hmm. and teaching things where I'm involved in building systems for that to happen. You're both necessary. I'll, sure. I think they're both necessary. Right. Um, but there's something about like what you're saying, teaching these kids, like the front, that's a front line mm-hmm. type of thing. Mm-hmm. You know, like when we think of legacy, I think of people, people think of, you know, how you're talked about when you're gone. Yep. Right. I think that is it. It's part of it. But, yeah. But man, like what you said, there's so many, so many people our age and younger are coming up in a world where they don't know anything about the world. Anything. Yeah. You know, um, <laughs> and, and that's the youngest person on staff. <laughs> you, you know, and it's, it's, um, teaching all these things that maybe aren't spiritual, right? But they are in a sense, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, Definitely. it's not spiritual to teach someone to, when you talk to someone, look at them in the eye. Yeah. But, but there's something to that. Well, when yeah. they have to, it has to be a spiritual moment or you do have, they have to talk and disciple someone themselves or right, right, pre- right. talk about the gospel to somebody. It's like, yeah, they're learning little things. Well, it, help. It's, it, it's not spiritual, but it's biblical and it, that's it's, good. it's built around honor. Yeah, that's good. So it's, it's the, you know, what we're talking about here, when we're talking about passing things on the next generation, we're talking about different, different points of the same position, which is honor. If, if someone's worthy of your time, right. Mm-hmm. Um, show up on time, shake their hands and look them in the eye. Like, so that's, you're honoring them by doing that. Um, you know, so I, to me, I think, I think it's an honor thing of like, you're teaching, you're teaching people to honor the person that your mothers who teach their daughters, um, what, uh, how to be a biblical wife, and mother, when they grow up, they're teaching them about honor, right? Like that's what, that's essentially what we're talking about. Uh, when men teach young men how to love their wives and father their children, what they're doing is teaching them honor. And so honor is a biblical guide. So whether it's how we interact with people, whether it's how we interact with employees or bosses, whether it's how we interact with husbands and wives, like it's about honor. Yeah. Um, and so we have to teach people what honor is. And I think honor is a legacy, right? And that's, that's part of it. It's one of the things I appreciate about my dad. I remember, I remember being young, man, eight, nine, ten, eleven. 11. Um, I remember being in like that age bracket, definitely before I was 12 and we'd have a guest pastor come in town and he would make me carry their Bible. He'd be like, Hey, mm-hmm. go up go, you know, if we were picking up from the airport, go get their luggage, put it in the back of the SUV right? and, and o- open the door, let them sit down and put their legs in the back of the SUV. So I didn't, to me, it was just kind of like, okay, you know, like I, you know, it didn't mean anything to me until I got older and he told me I had just learned it from repetitive nature that whenever someone was coming in that you took care of them. Yeah. And then he told me once I was older, 17, 18, 19, after I had been doing it for all those years, why we do it. And now it made sense to me. I was like, well, of course we would honor someone that's, you know, this pastor that's coming to town has left his wife and his kids to come pour into us. We need to honor that. So it's all that, that's the root of all of that is, 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 a yeah. putting honor into the hearts and minds of people. Um, because it's a necessary practice, and it's also one that we're forgetting. And we've we've lost that. Our generation, oh, millennials and, and younger, have lost the, the idea of honor. Really, yeah. no, that's, that's a, important. No, that's good. John Bevere is re-releasing "Honor's Reward," 
So I guess they did something new to it. But if you want to, the best book on honor that exists, in my opinion, at least that I've read, which that's a limited number of books. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, although I'm on track for 18 this year. So, hey, yo. Uh, but if you want a great book about honor, honors reward by John Bevere is fire. Um, and it really, uh, helps give clarity on the importance of it and why we do it. So, um, so anyways, those are just, those are important things, but yeah, your legacy can be rooted and attached to a number of different things, you know, and that's why I love Pastor Dan, you know, he gave two analogies. No, so like let the cat out of the bag. I told him, you know, when he, when I told him about legacy, I said, I would, I really want you to talk about the story of CH Norton, um, and how he left the legacy when he started living outside of himself, you know, now he had always given to stuff, so he was never selfish, but it was really after recognizing that we need to be taking care of people that he really went out of his way as a wealthy man to start creating a legacy by giving away. And if you want that whole story, you can go listen to the podcast of the sermon. But as he started giving away, um, as he started giving, he really started leaving a legacy, a big legacy. Mm-hmm. Um, and God did amazing things through how he gave uh, financially and in a very generous way, like God moved in that, um, you know, but also on the flip side of that, um, I, I, I'm grateful that he used his dad as an example. So my grandfather, Pastor Dan's dad was not, you know, was not wealthy. (laughs) You know, my grandma still lives in the house that they built, you know, 1200 or something like not, not a big house. Like yeah. it's, they, you know, they lived in their means. They tied their entire life and God took care of them. And I had the story he told about how they, those people that they took care of, you know, my grandpa brought in homeless people to feed them and live on the sleep on their couch. I mean, there were people that lived in their house for months um, while they were getting off of drugs and getting clean. And all those people are serving the Lord now. And, um, and they paid off my grandparents' house. And again, you want the full story, you can go listen to the podcast on how that happened. But um, but it was a tragedy that hit our family, and they, they took care of them. But why? Because they built a legacy, not just a memory where people remembered them. They built a legacy where they were active in something great because of something that was done for them. Right. And that's really what we're talking about, you know. So Pastor Dan had the phrase uh, from Sunday morning, and his, you know, that he said that uh, – Legacy, legacy builders are more concerned with what they're becoming than what they're doing, mm-hmm. you know? And I thought I was like, that's good. Yeah. What are you becoming? Cause you're not becoming anything. If you're living in the state of frenzy, like we were talking about earlier, right. like if all you're focused on is getting through today and getting the job done today, you're not, you're not becoming anything, right? You're just, you're, you're focused on today. Um, and so, uh, what is a legacy? Pastor Dan, uh, Ask that question, and do you have the answer to the question? I have it here. The legacy you will leave is simply that which was most important in life to you, and then legacy builders are intentional. Yeah, so, like, the the thing that we, that is most important. So, what's the most important to you? You know, um, we decided a couple years ago, you know, that we, that mm, for myself, um, I wanted to spend a good chunk of my time investing in people and building up leaders. So thus the leadership pipeline, right? Now I think they're all ready to quit because they're in the first 12 weeks. <laughs> right, Eli? No <laughs> refunds. <laughs> so, no. Um, but, no, it's good. It's, it's great. It's, it's just a, a lot. It's, it's a doozy. The, the leadership pipeline is probably the, like, education, like, the best thing that I've done today like it's it's incredible i recommend it for anyone who is like is thinking about becoming a leader of any capacity like it's incredible yeah yeah it uh what what eli is heavy breathing at for those of you that don't know the <laughs> well, first i didn't want to scare anyone the first 12 weeks we deconstruct everyone's theology and ideology so we deconstruct everyone's view of god and their ideas of god and then we rebuild it in a biblical way they ain't taking it down brick by brick (laughs) y'all they come in swinging with a wrecking ball coming in like miley like my yes (laughs) brad's just sitting on that just swinging through yeah so uh we deconstruct and that deconstruction listen y'all you don't realize how attached uh you are to your version of god in your head until someone starts to challenge it 
I didn't know there were other versions. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Or I would dare say biblical ones. Because, you know, it's, you know, we've, and we've heard this, but, you know, a lot of times, and, and it's been said a ton of different ways, but ultimately what many people have, because, even even if you're presented facts, mm-hmm. you tend to lead toward the 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 way that um, you tend to lead toward the the quote unquote facts that align with what you feel, right? Yeah. That's why you know, when it, especially when it comes to politics or religion and things like that, you lean a certain way, so you definitely you go with you you accept the 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 resource that that kind of solidifies that in your mind. Definitely. Um, but what we, what you often find is uh, what you have in your head is really, you've just idolized yourself. <laughs> you've turned yourself into a God. Yeah. You know, like if it's like during politics, you see all the memes and I'm really one to post one too, but it's like, if the God you worship believes everything you believe, like you, you've you're probably not worshiping the God of, 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 the, of, the, Bible. of the Bible. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, so, uh, but, but that's true. Like you, you assume that you're inherently good, mm-hmm. even if you're believe as yourself as a Christian, but you're inherently good or that or that people good. or mankind is inherently. Yeah. Good. And then, yeah. Uh, but ultimately a lot of times it's um, until you're challenged, especially if you grew up in church, I think it's even worse. It's, it is. I think if you grew up yeah, in church, no, it's absolutely. worse because um, that's what we said last night. Deconstruction is harder than reconstruction. Right. Because you, it's, it's, it's one thing to believe something. It's another to know why that you, why you even believe it. Yeah. And that's, that's where, Christianity as a whole. That's why I, the Baptist church has done phenomenal over the years, probably better than a lot of other denominations in, mm-hmm. in the sense of Sunday school and teaching, Yeah, you know, where a lot of denominations, that's really not a thing. Yeah. The, the Pentecostal church is an experiential faith. Oh experiential yeah. Faith. Yeah. It's, um, it's about the experience. Right. Right. It's yeah. not about the knowledge. But like, look at, look at jo- Jehovah's Witness. two sides witness. of that pendulum, by the way. Yeah. So, yeah. Just for the but look at, look at Jehovah's Witness or, or uh, Latter-day Saints, Mormons, you know, they know more about what what we believe than we believe sometimes. Yeah, and they're definitely. taught it. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, I think a lot of times what you have in your head is you taken the God of the Bible and projected. You're yeah. really worshiping yourself, kind yeah. of. Yeah. Which is, I'm guilty. When you start <laughs> yeah, looking, same. it's like I'm guilty. You know. Um, so yeah. Anyways. Yeah. Definitely. I like the legacy talk. <laughs> Godly, yeah. godly legacy. God, number godly one legacy. and number two. Yeah. We ready? That's it. Hit him. Number one, focus on the eternal, not the temporal. Yep. If you're going to leave a legacy, you got to focus on the things that go beyond us yeah. and, and into eternity. That's the cool thing about us. really rooted on people. Yeah. As, as us as Christians, though. You know, because if, if we weren't Christians having this talk, it would have to be around either a family legacy, a lot of times centered on a business mm-hmm. or something along those lines or, or yeah or yeah. or, or a, um, a organization. vocation or organization. a vocation yeah. you know like my grandfather was a doctor my dad was a doctor i'm a doctor you know or whatever yeah, definitely um the cool thing for us as christians is it doesn't matter your background or your vocation or what you do is we have an opportunity because of the institution of the local church yeah that we all can be a part of one and mm-hmm. create impact in our community yep that your church is in even if that's within a square, a, a, a mile, one mile radius, you know, you yep. have a community that you, that you can reach, but you have the opportunity to um, use, use the spiritual gifts that God's given and to be accountable to one another and disciple each other. Like yeah. that doesn't exist anywhere else. Yeah, no, exactly. And, and then number two, it continues on and even grows after you die, which is yeah. where you were heading with that. Exactly. You know, it's like, it just, it continues to build, continues to build, continues to build. And, and that's why it's so important, you know, um, that's why that that's why it's huge for us. So, um, talking about legacy builders, you know, Pastor Dan gave three things at the end of his message on different ways that you can participate in being part of leaving a legacy. And one of the reasons that I love leaving a legacy is that phrase that none of us are as good as all of us. Yeah. You know, like I think about like you know if I and a legacy offering, you know, if I gave a thousand dollars or two thousand dollars, like thousand dollars, two thousand dollars could do some cool stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, like a thousand dollars, you know, could could build a home for a homeless family in Peru. You know, those are $900 a piece. Um, $1,000 could um, almost cover uh, an entire year's support for a missionary um, in Laos. So, you know, the Jacks family, we, we, you know, $100 a month is what they usually get from people. So, you know, that it could do some of those things. So um, it could do something cool, but 
when I attach that to a bigger vision, you know, when I attach that to, you know, um, the entire church and we, and together we give $50,000 and we can build an entire third floor of a building in Peru that will be the church that preaches the gospel for the next 200 years. Like, yeah, I could have given it out, but when I partner with something that's bigger than just me, like right. when I partner with this, now we can really do something that's huge, you know, and none of us are as good as all of us. Um, and so, uh, as we build a legacy, we get to do it together. And there's three ways that we can do that. So the first one, Justin, Oh, I'm not on it. It's pray. It's I pray. got you. I got pray. you. <laughs> the first one is pray. Um, you know, and cause nothing, nothing great happens in the kingdom of God without prayer. You know, and so like, man, uh, to, to pray and to let God speak to us on where we should do that. You know, my, I, I, like we said on Sunday, I encourage anyone that's listening to this podcast, any of you that are watching us online, um, pray and ask God if you should be a part of the legacy offering on December 8th. Now I'm going to go ahead and tell you, he's going to say yes, because there's nowhere <laughs> in the Bible where it says to keep everything you have to yourself. Uh, so the, and that, the, it actually says quite the opposite. Quite the opposite. Um, so then what I would encourage you to do is decide in your heart that you're going to participate, then pray to God and let him tell you at what capacity, right? Um, you know, God doesn't often tell us not to give, but I do think that he'll, he will speak to your heart if you ask him on at what level, you know, in other words, like what amount, what capacity should you, should you join and be a part? And let's just talk about the legacy offering for a second. Yeah. For those who may not know, um, we'll do it once a year. Yep. Once a year. And, and so it's, it's missions giving essentially it's, yep. it's giving to missions. We yep. call it legacy. Um, and we actually call our, our areas that we give through legacy lanes, uh, for local global and, and international yep. missions. And we have organizations and things we partner with in each one of those. So when we do this offering, we're giving a hundred percent back away. Yeah. We're not keeping it. All it. goes in the one, community. One of the lanes we do have, I think it's important that we do say this. So it's mm-hmm. a, it's a, one of the lanes we do have is um, what we kind of call just transformation church projects, especially as we look at in the future at a building. Yeah. Uh, so it kind of goes to the legacy of our church, um, but it doesn't go to in our general fund yeah, that we're going to do staff or anything or like that. that. Stuff, so yeah. um, it is part, uh, when we say we give 100% away, there is a, a small portion that will stay in house, but it's not in our general fund. It's actually part of legacy, part of mm-hmm. local missions. Yeah. Um, the, the way I've been wording it to people yeah. is that'll act, that actually goes towards the land that we will build a legacy on yes, in the future. Exactly. Because none of it goes to staff or keeping lights on. None of that. It'll go to the future of how we're going to continue to impact people. Um, and, for, and that's a small percentage of the yeah, total we're going to give away. Yeah. Um, but everything else we do give out um, through through local, global yeah. national missions and all yeah. that. So, so if um, you want to pray, obviously pray <laughs> if you want to give, which I guarantee you, if you just stop and pray a half a sec prayer, the God's going to tell you, yes. So <laughs> then God, you know, at what capacity do I give? Cause that answer is different for everybody. And we don't, we'll, we'll never be the ones to tell you what you should give. We want you to connect you and have you ask God what you should give. So, yeah. um, encourage you to do that. If you can December 8th, you can give online. I think you can even start giving as early as now. So yeah. for those of you that live out of state, maybe you're, something's going to be happening over the next couple of weeks. You can, you can get ready to give, you know, you just go to transformationchurch.com. And let's say this, we don't, we don't get a chance to talk about this on Sunday much because just for time and it's maybe not always appropriate venue for that. But um, to the, to the business person out there or somebody looking, you know, this is before the end of the year. A lot Mm -hmm. of people are looking for, um, Tax, 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 you know, tax breaks yeah. uh, and, and giving, we are, we, 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 we can do all that. You know, we are 501c3, so it, yeah. is, it is charitable giving as far as IRS is concerned. So um, if you want uh, to, want to, to use the dollars that you have that, you know, you need to do something with anyways, mm-hmm. you know, partner with an organization like ours who is partnering with, partnering with other organizations to actually yeah. impact others and make a difference in people's Definitely. lives and leave a legacy. So, uh, I mean, even locally, we talk a lot about the secret place. Yeah. Phenomenal um, organization. Yeah. Getting, getting girls and, and women, um, out of sex trafficking. So that's a local organization. It's actually, um, you know, they're connected to another, another church in, in, in town and yeah. uh, Kristen Lipscomb is the founder of that is doing a phenomenal Incredible. job. She did a Ted talk she this did. weekend, yeah, uh, by awesome. the way. Um, but yeah, you know, you got, you got secret place and miracle league and all these different things here local and then planning churches and then Peru and Israel that we support things in Israel. So, yep. um, 
you know, the dollars go a long way. They do. It makes it, it makes a huge difference, especially when we join together, you know? So, and then the last one, you know, that Pastor Dan talked about in his notes was go, you know, so pray, give, and then go or act, you know, yeah. is, one, is the word he used, but, um, like, you know, where does God want to do that? You know, for those of you that, that uh, you know, you maybe you're interested in going to Peru with us. We're going to Peru. Um, we're, we're going on the trip, which is June 24th to July 2nd. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you want more details on that, you can send us an email to uh, contact at transformationchurch.com and we can get you in connection with our teams that are going. Um, and so we'll be going to build those houses that we pay for. <laughs> uh, we'll be building houses while we're in Peru. And so uh, if you want to go to that, it's an amazing time uh we're really looking forward to it we're partnered with an incredible organization reimagine peru um and greg and linda english one of the things i love about them is they do what i always talk about when it comes to international missions is um you know there's a local church there that we're attached to you know and and for any of you people that you know, any of you listeners and you watchers, you, you know, we talk about missions, you know, one of the things I think is important that we understand is when we get behind missions is don't just look for places where we can go on a short term mission trip that there's not a church to attach to or a missionary to attach to. Right. You know, if you go into some place, preach the gospel, but no one's there continually um, that lives there and to to be there to disciple and answer questions and lead people to Jesus. You know, all, you, you, you kind of swoop and poop the gospel, and uh, that's that, to me that's not that's beneficial, right? Like, is it, do we need to do it? Sure, but I really like to attach. I really like to attach our dollars where there's a church that exists that can continue to preach the gospel on a regular basis and build up disciples and send out people into the lands from from that area. So that's good. And Reimagine does that's a great opportunity and so much more. We have got plenty of things happening, so it's awesome. It's good stuff. But so yeah, man, you can take advantage of all those things. If you want more information on us, Justin, where can they find that? Transformationchurch.com. And we got some questions we're going to answer after yeah. we did. So those of you live on Facebook to hang out with us, uh, those of you listening on the podcast, we appreciate y'all uh, being with us again. Make sure you, um, you know, subscribe and like and share the, the podcast. It means a lot to us. Um, so we appreciate everybody for tuning in. And, um, yeah, we're going. What do we got next week? What's the That's what good. series are we oh, on? Oh, I almost got you. This <laughs> Sunday is uh, Dream Again. So the Dream Again. Yeah, Vision hey Sunday yo. for 2020. So, Come on. Yeah, make sure you guys tune in. Uh, so we'll catch you guys next week for another week, another sermon, follow-up podcast. Thanks for tuning in to the Transformation Church weekly follow-up podcast. It would mean so much to us if you would subscribe, like, and review on iTunes. You get double points if you show us love by sharing it with your friends. Don't forget you can follow Pastor Justin and Pastor Brad on Instagram and Twitter at Justin Oswald underscore and at Brad Livingston underscore. You can tweet them your questions and comments or email them to us at followup at transformationchurch.com. For more info on Transformation Church, visit us online at transformationchurch.com and on Instagram and Facebook at Transformation Pensacola. We'll be here next week where we will help create context and drive conversation to learn more of what God has for us.